really the key to making really fantastic plant-based seafood is to use sea vegetables that have that taste of the sea because that's where sea life gets their taste, that fishy taste. Fish get their flavor from the sea vegetables that they eat. You have more power over your health than what you've been told. This is the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast. I'm Maya Acosta, and I'm passionate about finding healthy lifestyle solutions to support optimal human health. If you're willing to go with me, together we can discover how simple lifestyle choices can help improve our quality of life and increase longevity in a big way. Let's get started. If you were anything like me, you loved seafood at one point in your life, and now you prefer healthier options. Cindy is here to share her story of personal transformation and of developing some of the best unseafood recipes that you will find out there. Do you remember when I had Glenn Mercer on t- speaking about his book, Food is Climate? That was episode 157. Well, Cindy has three recipes in that book. So make sure you visit that episode to learn more about why we need to protect our oceans. I enjoyed my conversation with Cindy so much, and I hope that you will too. She's offering a discount code to you, my listeners, for her upcoming classes, and you will also be able to download her Unseafood 20 recipe ebook using the same code. Cindy wants you to be try amazing, three times better than amazing. After improving her health and fitness through plant-based nutrition, losing 60 pounds, and becoming an adult-onset athlete, she retired from her 20-year firefighting career to help people just like you. She works with people and organizations so that they can reach their health and wellness goals. Our health and wellness is closely tied to the health of our environment. Cindy incorporates zero waste and sustainable practices throughout her programs. You'll see it is easy being green. Cindy Thompson is a certified health coach, master vegan lifestyle coach and educator, behavior change and fitness nutrition specialist, and fit to thrive firefighter trainer. She is a Food for Life instructor with the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, a Ruby plant-based professional and Harvard Medical School culinary coach, teaching people how to prepare delicious, satisfying, and health-promoting meals. You can find Cindy at Trimazing Health and Lifestyle Coaching, and you can reach her at cindy at trimazing.com. Let's welcome Cindy. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you. I love your story. I noticed, I don't know if you were keeping up with social media, but I noticed that this week, that Harvard School, that uh, culinary coaching program that I believe you did was going on. Did you notice that? Yeah, they run that quarterly, I think. It's a great program, really a wonderful program. So let's start from the beginning. Uh, where Tell our listeners where you're from and, and kind of what was it like for you growing up? I am a health coach out of Seattle, Washington. I'm on the east side of Seattle uh, in the Snoqualmie Valley. So if you've ever watched Twin Peaks with Snoqualmie Falls, that's where I live. It's really a beautiful area. But I didn't grow up here. I grew up outside of Portland, Oregon. Uh, and I had a very traditional family with a standard American diet. We thought we were eating really healthy. Um, and after I graduated from high school and college, I decided that I wanted to be an emergency room doctor. And uh, part of my personal goal was to become a paramedic so that I made sure that that was something that I really wanted to do. Uh, so I went to paramedic school and started uh, doing ride-alongs with the fire department and really loved that. Uh, so I ended up uh, becoming a professional firefighter and I did that for 20 years uh, until I retired. I worked outside of uh, Portland, Oregon in a, a city called Gresham and absolutely loved that job. Um, partway through my career, my dad got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and died. He passed away and with, after several years of battling that illness. And the year after my dad died, Oregon State passed a presumptive cancer law for firefighters, which meant that if you were a firefighter in the state of Oregon and diagnosed with one of 12 specific cancers, it was presumed that it, you got it from on the job exposure. 
and you would be covered through workman's comp. Well, I looked at the list and on that list was non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is what my dad had passed away from, but also were two other cancers that were really concerning, non-multiple uh, myeloma and leukemia. And those are cancers that my dad's mom died from. All three of those were blood cancers and all three of them were on the list of uh, presumptive cancers for firefighters. I was terrified. <clears throat> I uh, had seen my dad and my grandmother die from those cancers and it was, certainly wasn't any way that I wanted to go. Uh, and I didn't want to quit my job. I loved being a firefighter. So I decided to dive into the research to figure out what I needed to do to not get cancer. So I went to Oregon Health Sciences University's library, dove into the research and discovered that if I eliminated animal protein and adopted a whole food plant-based way of eating, it was the best thing that I could do to reduce my risk of cancer. So I thought, what have I got to lose? If all I have to do is change what I'm eating, that's, that's pretty simple. I don't have to quit my job and find a new career. So overnight I changed how I ate. I was extremely motivated, um, but that was 14 years ago. And there weren't the resources there are now. There was no Facebook. There were no Facebook groups. And I didn't know anybody who ate like this. And so I really had to struggle through it. But what I discovered is very quickly, really positive, amazing changes happened with my body. Uh, I started to feel really great. I would wake up in the morning. I didn't ache. And I didn't know I ached in the morning <laughs> until I would wake up and I didn't ache anymore. Um, and I had all of this incredible energy, uh, it's so much that I needed to find an outlet. And so I went from somebody who was never a runner, was really never athletic, even though I was a firefighter. Um, and I started running, I started cycling, I started swimming and adventure races and eventually worked into triathlon. And so changing the way I ate just transformed my whole world. It was remarkable. So, and, and I'm also taking notes because I'm thinking about, uh, as you're sharing the story, I'm thinking, did you say that initially you were interested in becoming a doctor? I was, yeah. I My interest growing up was to be an emergency room physician. That was kind of my goal. My, my grandfather was a physician and my uncle is a physician. And I thought that's really what interested me, interested me, um, but I just fell in love with pre-hospital medicine. I felt like I could really make an impact and I could do a lot of the same skills um, in the field. And it just, I really liked the environment. Sure. And I wonder as a firefighter, if you saw, like they typically say, you tend to kind of re respond more to um, medical calls or calls related to people having just health issues rather than actually putting out the fires, house fires. Absolutely. Absolutely. 85% of what firefighters do are medical. Um, fire, uh, fire calls are pretty rare and um, we've done a really great job on fire prevention, but, uh, we are the primary medical care for a lot of the United States. So we see lots of heart disease and diabetes, strokes. Uh, that's the mainstay of what we do as firefighters. It's interesting. I used to suffer from panic attacks. And um, before I knew that that was a panic attack, I remember being at a friend's house and I started to have this thing manifest. And so we call 911 and who sh shows up? The fire truck. Yeah. <laughs> I was so embarrassed. Like, <laughs> oh my God, why is there a fire truck here? Like, yes. maybe they come in to check on me and everything like that. But uh, yeah, it is interesting that in a way you still were doing, you were working with emergency cases in a way, not mm -hmm. at the hospital setting, but out in the field. Absolutely. So um, through the course of a year, uh, without trying to lose weight, I lost 60 pounds and it just blew my mind. I, that wasn't my, ever my goal of eating plant-based. Uh, I didn't want to get cancer, but what I found that, you know, my question was, well, what do I have to lose? Well, it turns out I had 60 pounds to lose and it was effortless just by putting the right fuel in my body. It ran better. And this weight that I had carried my whole adult life just started to fall off. And I had been somebody that really struggled with my weight as an adult. I was on every diet. I would yo-yo diet. I'd get on one, lose all the weight, and then I'd gain it back after I got off the diet and then, and then some. And so it was just a shock to me to have something that was really effortless. And um, 
know, it's been 15 years later and I don't have to worry about my weight. And uh, I've not been on a diet and it's really freeing. I, I, there's so much bandwidth that I don't use up with having to worry about dieting. So, um, and in that course of year, uh, I had to, it wasn't just me that was noticing what was going on. It was my fire department and my crew. Um, so through, through that time, I lost, uh, three uniform sizes. Um, and, you know, firefighter turnouts are custom made to you. Uh, it's really important that they fit correctly so that you're safe in a fire. They cost $1,500. And after I got my third set of custom made turnouts, my, my fire chief came to me and said, you know, what is your plan for losing weight? Cause we have not budgeted for you to have three sets of turnouts this year. Um, and we just need to budget for next year on, <laughs> on new turnouts for you. Um, so it caught their eye. Uh, my fire department crew ended up going plant-based with me um, after they saw the remarkable changes that, uh, that occurred with me. And my department then put me in charge of a brand new program called the Firefighter Wellness and Fitness Program, which is an international program geared at um, improving the lives of firefighters and reducing line of duty death. Venture a guess. So at the um, number one uh, line of duty death cause for firefighters is in the United States and Canada. I'm sure something medically related. Yeah, it's cardiovascular disease. It surprises a lot of people. Most people think that firefighters lie, die in the line of duty from fire or trauma uh, related to a, uh, a fire or responding. And it actually mirrors our society, which is cardiovascular disease, heart attack and stroke. Amazing. And you probably now looking back, it makes sense to you if 85% of the cases that you respond to are health related, then you look at yourself and you say, as a firefighter, I would have been part of that 85%. Absolutely. Absolutely. Besides just having the standard American diet, which we have, we also have a high level of stress and large amount of sleep disruption, which uh, there's been a lot of studies on the cardiovascular impact negative heart cardiovascular impact of sleep disruption um, on your health. So uh, I became uh, a health coach and uh, with what was now called the Fit to Thrive program for firefighters, um, working on the wellness of my firefighters in my fire department. So that's how I got my foot into health coaching. Congratulations on these amazing changes you made in your life. I mean, and then so you were managing both, you were still full time working as a firefighter, and now you were also coaching your own crew. So yeah, so it was I was still working as a part of my crew leading the fire station as a fire captain, and as additional duties was also running the, the wellness fitness program for the department. Yeah. As an adult, having, you know, lost this weight that you've battled with most of your life, and now also being a triathlete, like really doing all of this must have been like, such a boost for your self-esteem, making you feel like I could do anything. Absolutely. I felt fantastic. And so when I, I started writing a blog, uh, when I started doing triathlons, because I was trying to keep myself on track and motivated. It was a very scary thing for me to go into triathlon. So I started a blog and it was initially called Cindy T does a triathlon. And I thought, you know, this is just a silly name. And I'd had that name of that through that blog for years. And finally, one time I, I thought, you know, I need to rebrand it. I just don't like the name of that. So I was at work laying in bed, trying to find a name that would be suitable. And I was just thinking of things that were in my life that um, were important. And I, I was like, well, triathlon, it's just, I've, I just gotten immersed into triathlon and love the sport, uh, training for Ironman and doing races all over the country. Um, and then I said, you know, I feel amazing. This is, this triathlon is amazing. And so I just kind of played with those words and all of a sudden I put them together into trimazing and I jumped up, looked on the computer and discovered that, uh, trimazing is urban slang for three times better than amazing. And I thought, well, that's perfect because that's exactly how I feel. I feel three times better than amazing. And that's how trimazing was born. Yeah. And so then I retired in 2014 uh, from the fire service and didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up anymore. And after some searching, I knew I wanted to do something in the plant-based world. And people were still coming to me for coaching on how to transition to eating whole food plant-based. 
and for cooking classes. And I thought, you know what, I think this is what I'm meant to do. So I trans transformed Trimazing from a blog into my business, uh, Trimazing Health and Lifestyle Coaching. And now you're helping to prevent disease. Absolutely. Yeah, the tools in my toolbox changed, you know, and I actually really prefer to help prevent illness by doing whole food plant-based than dealing, you know, basically putting out fires. Um, you know, I, I spent my 20-year firefighter career dealing with the emergent situation with a heart disease and diabetes uh, and fixing that immediate situation, but it didn't fix the problem. And being somebody who came to people's homes and saw their lifestyle and saw how they eat, it was frustrating because I could see the root of a lot of their suffering. Uh, and now I really feel that I can make a huge difference and impact in a lot of people's lives. And how is it that you find the people that you work with? I'm assuming that before the pandemic, you were doing in-person coaching. Is that right? Yeah. So before I was doing in-person, but I also did telehealth at that time, uh, just with one-on-one -on -one coaching. I had a program for that. Um, so when the pandemic hit, I was able just to continue um, continue that. I also was teaching in-person cooking classes and uh, other programs as well. And I was able to learn how to transition that part of my business onto a virtual platform. So uh, I have a set up in my basement, a kitchen uh, studio, a video studio kitchen in my basement. And so I am teaching cooking classes all the time. Uh, which are super fun. I do it uh, via Zoom. So now I can reach people all over the world, uh, people who aren't able to meet in person because of the pandemic, uh, cooking classes, and they're just a lot of fun. What it, would you say is the, the hardest thing for people to overcome when they're trying to make this change? Yeah. So a lot of the, the issues that people come with are how to have this in their real life. How do you eat whole food plant-based and have a normal life? And I think something that's a draw for coming to me is that I was a firefighter. I worked with men. I lived at a fire station. We ate together and I made it work in that social situation. I think social situations are really hard. You know, what do I do if I'm the only person in my family who wants to change the way I'm eating? And for me, I was the only person in my firefighter family at first that wanted to eat that way. And so it's just a matter of sharing your why. So, so important. I think with people understand why you're doing something and that you explain that it's your thing, that you're not trying to impress this on everybody else and you aren't looking down on them. Um, it's just, this is something that I need to do for me. This is the reason why I'm doing it. And also, how are we going to work together so that it doesn't disrupt your life? Because this is about me. I don't want it to be disruptive to you. So um, we talk about how do you sit down with your family or your coworkers and have this discussion? Um, what are some great strategies and techniques to make this work? You know, for me with my crew, I sat down and explained what I was going to do and why, what it meant. And then uh, I said, you know, I'm still going to be in the cooking rotation. You know, firefighters eat family style and we all take turns cooking every shift. And I said, I'm not going to pull myself out of the cooking rotation. I'm still going to cook. It's going to be whole plant-based food. It's going to be delicious. There was a huge fear because I was a really good cook, still am a really good cook. But, oh my gosh, we're going to you know, eat carrots and celery and <laughs> we're never going to have any good food again. I said, I'm still going to make food. It's going to be delicious. It just won't have animal products in it. And if, And I'm not telling you, you can never have that. That's your personal choice, not mine. So if you want to have meat with it, you can eat my food as a side dish. It won't hurt my feelings. That's your choice. I won't eat that, but um, this is what I'm going to do. And then when it's your turn to cook, um, I'm going to make sure when I cook, I make enough for leftovers. So I throw some in the fridge or the freezer. So you don't have to worry about feeding me. The only thing that I request is that you make a big giant salad and you don't put cheese or meat in it and uh, I'll have at least that big giant salad and I'll have some of my leftovers and I'll be perfectly fine. And so that took a lot of the pressure off that people didn't feel like they had to succumb to what I was doing. They didn't feel forced into it. 
And what I find is that if you have some really fantastic plant-based recipes and you cook for people, even if you give them the option of you can cook your own stuff and eat mine as a side dish, most people will, will punt, fall back to somebody's cooking for me. I'm just going to eat that. And that what they find is, oh my gosh, this food is delicious. And they'll start eating with you. You never know. Just because people still continue to consume meat, it doesn't mean that they don't like all the other side dishes, like you said. Exactly. And so initially, so when you convinced your crew that you, you know, you, you were still going to cook delicious foods, did they initially enjoy the food or did it take a little while for their taste buds to adjust? They immediately loved the food that, which was great. And it was a surprise. Uh, the, the great thing is that while I was, uh, changing how I was eating, we had a healthy lifestyle program. Uh, a voluntary program that came through our department that I decided I was going to do with my crew. And we had an activity one day where we had to evaluate the amount of fat grams in a meal by weighing out globs of Crisco vegetable shortening on a plate so that we could actually physically see. And this is a great activity. If anybody is looking for a great activity to share or to do with their kids to say, how much fat is in certain foods um, is that we looked at a hamburger milkshake and fries standard American diet. And we saw, we measured out the fat grams and we figured out how much Crisco to put on a plate that represented the fat in that meal. It was obscene. It was disgusting. All of us sat there and went, Oh my gosh. And then somebody on my crew said, you know, Cindy, that's really fine. All well and good. I mean, I see all that fat and that's awful, but don't you ever just miss a hamburger milkshake and fry meal? And I said, well, no, because I can make that plant-based and not have all of that fat in there. And they sat there and looked at me and, and I said, and it's delicious. It would be great. And so the senior firefighter in my crew, he's, he was nearly the senior fire departer in the entire department, looked at me. He says, I, I tell you what, Cindy, if you can make a hamburger milkshake and fry meal that's plant-based and I like it, I'm going to go plant-based with you. Whoa, whoa. And I, I, I said, well, game on. And then, then the rest of the crew, because the senior firefighter said that, they said, yeah, yeah we'll do that too. If, if we like it, we'll go, we'll go vegan too. I said, well, okay, I'm cooking. I, I don't know. We had already gone to the grocery store and got our stuff to make the meal for the day. I said, well, I'll make that right now. Let's get in the engine. Let's go to the grocery store and get what we need. And by the way, that was a normal thing. When we are on duty, we can't go anywhere without our fire engine. So that's why you often see firefighters at, with the fire engine at the grocery store. We're buying our groceries with our own money, um, and but we can't leave the fire station or the fire engine unstaffed. So we went and I got you know, what I needed to make portobello mushroom burgers and a baked sweet potato fries and strawberry smoothies. So we had that same meal and they loved it. Absolutely loved it. So my entire crew decided at that point went plant-based with me and we had a lot of fun. I was so surprised, but they had the same health effects as well. They uh, lost weight, their blood pressure normalized, their cholesterol fell and they got really excited about eating plant-based and then started to spread that throughout the fire department. So they would go and, you know, we'd work extra shifts. Uh, we trade shifts with people and they would eat plant-based when they went to those other stations and really spread the word, word. So it was a lot of fun. Now, once you left, did they keep it going? Do, did they have, you know, is there anyone else that's on board that's encouraging the, the uh, department? Um, you know, I think there are, so there's somebody that's running the wellness fitness program in my place. I don't believe that they're plant-based, but, um, they have uh, a lot of the similar principles of eating lots of whole plant-based foods. And I do know that there are some people that are eating plant-based at my old department, which is fantastic. They keep in touch. So this fit to thrive, um, firefighter trainer title that you had, was that during that time or do you still continue to reach out to firefighters? So I still apply the same principles of the fit to thrive program. Okay. 
Great. You retired, you moved on to health coaching, and then you also eventually became a Food for Life instructor with um, the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. So that that's mainly what you do. Is that part of the program that you do when you're doing your um, cooking demos? So it's just one of the things that I do. So I do one-on-one coaching. I'll do coaching with families. Um, and then I also do cooking classes, whether it's one-on-one, uh, teaching people how to cook, uh, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on cooking oil free and then lots of different styles of cooking and different ingredients that they might not be used to like tofu and tempeh. Um, and then I also do group classes, including, uh, PCRM food for life classes. You're staying pretty busy. Yes. (laughs) And so also you said, uh, you know, by the time we air this, you will have already started one of your classes. But tell us about that program that started on February 17th. Yeah. So February 17th, I have Foods for a Healthy Heart. And that is a class that I do monthly. I work with a cardiologist in Seattle who refers uh, her patients to me for education. Uh, I met her through a, a client of mine who was referred to eating a whole food plant-based diet and had no idea actually how to do it. So she Googled a whole food plant-based in Seattle and found me. So um, now I work with that uh, physician. Um, She refers clients to me to help them with their cardiac health. So that class runs monthly. Um, It's a single night, two hour class, has terrific recipes. We have presentations by Dr. Neil Barnard, um, and, and uh, registered dietitian Lee Crosby. And then I make um, some really fantastic pancakes, a really great uh, quinoa salad, and a wonderful irresistible bean dip it, that's a hit with everybody. And it's also a hit with kids. All three of those are things that kids really, really like. Um, so if you're interested in that class, uh, you can go to trymazing.com slash events and uh, get more information and see when that class runs next. Um, and then I also have, uh, in March, uh, I'm doing a kickstart your health program. It's a seven week series. It's a food for life class and it combines, uh, cooking and health education to learn how to, you know, transition to a whole food plant-based diet, uh, really fantastic recipes as well. There's all like 30 recipes through that. I do demonstrations and we have lectures from a lot of the people from um, the physicians committee. And um, so you don't have to remember all these links and information. Um, I do have a special page for uh, listeners of your podcast. Um, if you go to tryamazing.com slash DFW, it brings up a page just for you that has the listing of my classes and um, a couple free things uh, and a discount. So if you are interested in taking any of my classes or having coaching with me, one-on-one coaching, there's a discount code on there for you to get 20% off of your classes and a discount on coaching as well. Wonderful. Thank you. And I just kind of want to mention for people who might not know about Food for Life instructors, although I have um, interviewed several here on the show, but you're basically very well trained in terms of just food in general, um, the nutrition aspect of it, but also in food preparation. So food for life classes are wonderful. Um, you know, food for life program is like the leading nonprofit that combines, uh, health education and, and cooking classes. Uh, you know, there's a lot of organizations that do, um, health education, but they combine the two and the food for life program is the major outreach to help people, uh, with cooking whole food plant-based. Um, so, uh, we are, it's a very rigorous application process to really show that we have uh, a high level of uh, whole food plant-based health education and we have uh, experience and training in culinary education and ingredients. And um, we have a fantastic curriculum to choose from that we can provide. And those classes are super fun. They're usually uh, half of the class is a presentation by physicians and registered dietitians about the topic. And we have a range of topics from heart disease to digestive health to um, in, avoiding environmental chemicals to thyroid health, et cetera. It's a sky's limit. We have a whole program on cancer prevention, diabetes risk uh, reduction, 
um, and the cardiac classes. They're all fantastic. The second half of the class is uh, cooking and uh, super fun, whether that's in person or online. In person is great because you get to try the samples, which is so fun. Um, and then sometimes I even do these as a cook along. So I have some cook along classes coming up that uh, when I get that information, I'll add to the DFW page if people are interested um, that are going to be really um, spring and summer produce forward classes. So if you have a local farmer's market, you can get the fresh produce and then cook along. So that's those will be fun. And then the Ruby classes, there's a couple levels of Ruby classes um, there's one that's uh, Forks Over Knives uses a Ruby class, and it's a basic introduction into whole plant-based cooking. Really fantastic classes. You get basics on ingredients and techniques on how to cook without oil. And then the plant-based professional program is an expansion of that. So it gets into more details on not only learning about those ingredients and techniques, but how do you now create your own recipes from that? And it's a six month program. It's self-paced. So you could get it done quicker if you wanted to. Or, um, and then they also do allow for some extension. If, if, you know, life happens, they understand that. Um, and they've just updated. They have a new update to that program now. Um, that includes um, food photography and uh, food plating, etc. Yeah, so it's really fantastic. It's great if you are looking at being a blogger or um, uh, creating a, a cookbook, etc. So uh, I highly recommend those programs. Right. Because, you know, we always say we eat with our eyes, right? We do. We so... do. When I buy cookbooks, I really, and I go to this um, place called, I don't know if you have that in Seattle, but um, Half Prize Book. Yes, we have that. Okay. So I'm always there because I literally live across the street from one and I'm oh, always lucky. buying. Right. I know. <laughs> I would never be home if I was across the street from those Half Prize books. No. Well, that was, I've always been a heavy reader and um, I was a teacher at one time. And so for me, buying kind of the used, lightly used books and recycling is very important to me. And so I'm always going out there and videoing and showing people on, you know, in my, on my social media, I'm showing people that you can buy these books because one of the things that you hear a lot, one of the obstacles, I guess, could also be is I can't afford some of these books. So I either say go to the library because there are a lot of resources there or go to a place that resells books at a much affordable, like lower price. I don't want to forget to mention that you brought your husband on board, yes. I, I want to say. And um, what was it like for you and mm -hmm. your husband? Yeah. So I knew my husband before I was plant-based and, and heavy. And um, then after I became plant-based and uh, became an athlete, I reached out to him because he is a world-class marathon swimmer uh, and even a world record mastered swimmer. And so I was so excited that now I was swimming and I couldn't wait to talk to him about it. <clears throat> and so I shared my story. He got very excited and um, we had friends down in Portland and I was talking to him about it. And I had just signed up to do a firefighter stair climb. So in Seattle, we had the Columbia Tower which is a 75 story building. And every year we have a firefighter stair climb, which happens to be a fundraiser for um, the Leukemia and Lymphoma uh, Foundation. So I signed up for that, never have done anything like it. You climb the stairs in your firefighter turnout gear, wearing your air bottle, breathing air, um, and you climb 75 stories and it's a race. Yeah. <laughs> Never in my wildest imagination did I think I was ever going to do that. And so I said, hey, by the way, I'm going to be in Seattle doing this race. I would love to, you know, touch base and get a hold of you when I'm up there. And so he said, sure. So he came to my race. I was so nervous. Um, you know, I had lost all this weight and was doing so fantastic. He was very impressed. He just had no idea that this was what I was doing. Um, and so shortly after that, we started dating and he was a regular standard American diet eater. Um, he had been an athlete his entire life and he really viewed uh, food as fuel. It was very important. Um, he's also a um, clinical consultant pharmacist. So he has a medical background as well. 
And he was interested in the science when I would talk to him about the science and I would cook for him and he loved my food. He really didn't know how to cook much. Um, he would eat a lot of sandwiches and um, uh, deli meats and cheese, etc. Um, but he was also a big eater of um, like oatmeal for breakfast his entire life. He's eaten that with fruit and um, he didn't eat a lot of red meat. He ate a lot of seafood. Um, so, and he also traveled for work a lot. And so that was a big struggle and concern for him. So he loved what I ate, really noticed how I was thriving on that and being really athletic on that way of eating this. His concern was, is that enough calories to sustain athletic performance? And so, um, after I retired, I moved up to be with him and he decided that he was going to try eating whole food plant-based and he being a pharmacist, he's really, he's got to see the data that's important to him. And so he did some baseline blood work to see where he's at. And he's always, he's very, very fit, very healthy. Um, but he had had increases in his PSA and his cholesterol was starting to rise and was concerned about that. So he did the baseline uh, blood work and ate purely whole food plant-based and did some repeat uh, blood work and all of his numbers fell 20%. And he's like, he was sold. And he noticed that he didn't have the winter, what he always called his Girl Scout cookie weight. Uh, every winter he would gain about 10 or 15 pounds and have to work that off. He didn't have that. He was able to really stabilize his weight and his athletic performance just boomed. And so He's convinced and sold. And um, his biggest struggle and his biggest concern was how do I eat this way when I'm traveling? And how do I go to a business dinner and not become the center of attention when I order something strange? So we worked on that, on the techniques for that. And that's very common for a lot of people as well. So, um, and, you know, being that he's, in the leadership of his business, of his organization, I said, you know, you're going to empower a lot of people to that have been afraid to order how they need to for their health. They're going to open up and say, well, if he's going to do it, then I can order this way too. And sure enough, all kinds of people around him were desperately trying to eat healthier and were afraid to be the center of attention at a business meal. And um, now they're brave and, and encouraged to do the same. I want to throw in there that I I don't know if you know, but my uh, in terms of my husband, he had been watching me, uh, you know, I've been reading and watching videos and, and learning about this way of living. But what really got him on board was when I took him to Whole Foods to watch Rip Esselstyn. Ah. <laughs> and so he was just like, I can't believe a firefighter is telling me <laughs> that I can reverse the disease that I was trained and told that I could only manage, could mm -hmm. not reverse atherosclerosis, atherosclerosis. So it's interesting um, that that's the kind of effect that people can have on others when you share information. And mm -hmm. of course, like your husband, he needed the science behind he all did. of that. So he read the China study and then all the other materials. How did the unseafood ebook uh, come about? Yeah. So the one thing that my husband really struggled with and said at first, you know, I'm, I'll eat plant-based, but I'm going to be pescatarian. I still am going to eat seafood because I, that's my favorite food. He grew up in the Bay area of California. He now lived in Seattle and seafood is king in both of those spots. And sushi was his absolute favorite food. So uh, I, my, when I grew up, my rest of my family loved seafood and I never really had a big taste for it. Uh, I would eat fish occasionally, but it wasn't my favorite thing. Um, growing up, it was always a joke that we would go to a special family dinner out very rarely. We didn't eat out very much. Um, and if they, if we did go, it was to a seafood restaurant and I would order a salad and cheesecake. That was just kind of a big joke in the family. Um, but as I grew older, I started to eat a little more seafood. Uh, but when, I really wanted to find something that made this doable for my husband. So I started experimenting with sushi and uh, creating recipes for um, plant-based eel. Uh, so unagi, and it's made out of eggplant. It's really fabulous. And because that unagi was his absolute favorite. If we, if we went somewhere, we would go to a sushi restaurant. He would always get unagi. Um, so I recreated that. It's absolutely delicious. 
Um, I make a uh, mock crab salad out of parsnips. And that's an old recipe that I found in my mom's recipe box for basically it was grated parsnips and mayonnaise. And we, she has no idea where this recipe came from. Um, but I have made it even better with some addition of um, some sea vegetables that make it taste more fishy. And really, that's the key to making really fantastic plant-based seafood is to use sea vegetables that have that taste of the sea, because that's where sea life gets their taste, that fishy taste. It's not that uh, fish tastes fishy automatically, but they get their flavor from the sea vegetables that they eat. So um, cut out the middleman, eat the sea vegetables for that fishy flavor, get all of those omega-3 fatty acids and the iodine from the sea vegetables that we need without the fat that carries all of the toxins like mercury that you found um, with mercury poisoning. And we save the sea and save the fish. You know, I watched your food demo and I, you know, I remember you were being complimented for your presentation, really. And, um, and I was thinking, you know, and I'm, I, as you're talking about the crab cakes and things like that, th those were the foods that I loved the most, like I said. And so, um, I had not seen another person in the plant based world showcase, um, vegan or plant based seafood the way that you have. So I was very drawn to it. And I, it's interesting that my husband and I, um, kind of differ a little bit in our taste because I was more vegetarian, pescatarian most of, you know, the last 20 years. And so I'm very drawn to those umami flavors. Mm -hmm. I love the miso soup. I love the, uh, I did, you know, I was a big fan of sushi for many years. Um, so the seaweed and the sea vegetables that you're talking about, I, those are like, part of my nature. I feel like they're part of me. Yay. And, um, but you have so much knowledge. I feel like that really makes you stand out. Well, thank you. So this, um, unseafood book I have, if you go to the trimazing.com slash DFW, you can download this e-cookbook and there's 20 plant-based recipes that with the taste of the sea. Um, and it's got really fantastic things such as carrot locks, which is great. I, um, when before the pandemic, uh, I belong to a local chamber of commerce and the restaurants take turns providing food for the chamber of commerce. And I was invited several times to bring food, even though I wasn't a restaurant, but because I teach the cooking classes. And each time I always showcase something that is uh, plant-based seafood and the carrot locks I've served on little whole grain bagels with um, some plant-based uh, yogurt cheese uh, and doctored it all up with capers and red onions. And there were people that had no idea. They didn't pay attention to who had provided the food. They thought they were eating salmon locks. They had no idea that it wasn't plant-based, that it was actually made out of carrots. So that's a really fabulous recipe. Um, and then I grew up on, uh, my mom used to make impossible tuna quiche when I was growing up with bisquick and eggs and milk. And so I've taken that carrot locks and I make a totally possible carrot locks quiche, which is fantastic. It's one of our favorite things to make. Um, coming off of your oyster theme, I have a recipe in there for um, oyster mushroom po'boys. So good. Oyster mushrooms, really, when you cook them down, they are a lot like oysters. They have that same texture and mouthfeel. And um, so there's that and there's some... Um, Clam, clam up chowder is what I call it. So I've got a Manhattan style and a New England style. Um, and so I'm still building. My goal is to make a full blown cookbook of lots of different, um, plant based seafood, uh, options out there because I'm always looking for that. And I think it's something that's really needed in the plant based world for people that really have grown up with these tastes and flavors. And it's the hurdle that's the keeping them from going into plant-based. This has been great, Cindy. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? And I know you have, you're staying busy. So what can they look forward to in terms of what you'll be offering? 
Yeah, so um, I will have lots of classes over the next uh, year. I'm always offering classes. So make sure that you go to trymazing.com. Sign up for my blog that uh, puts you on my mailing list, and then you can find out about the classes. Um, my hope is to have a uh, online sushi making class because uh, that tends to be something that people are looking for on how to make plant-based sushi. Uh, so perhaps this summer I will do a uh, workshop on making plant-based sushi, and that will include some of these plant-based um, seafood uh, recipes that I have to include in that. Um, and then I'm always available for one-on-one -on -one coaching um, or if you want customized personal cooking classes. If you're in the Seattle area and you want to work together in person, we can talk about that too. So um, just the best thing to do is to sign up for my, my mailing list on tryamazing.com so that you get notified when there are these classes and programs available. Um, and then I also have something coming up, uh, and I'm not sure if this is going to air at the right time, um, the end of February. I've got collaboration with Chef AJ coming up that I'm not at liberty to share what it is yet. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's huge. But I, that will break on uh, trimazing.com. So, again, if you want to get that, the information, you can follow me on social media. Um, I'm on Instagram at trimazingvlc for a vegan lifestyle coach. And I'll give all that information to you, Maya, so you can post it. I'm also on Facebook uh, at, uh, at facebook.com slash trimazing. And, um, and I also uh, talking, speaking of Chef AJ, I am going to appear again in June. Um, so uh, Maya, you watched my last uh, episode with Chef AJ from December of 2021, talking about unseafood. I have another spot on June 5th. So um, follow Chef AJ and you can see another. I'm, I have not yet decided exactly what I'm going to do, but uh, it may include some more plant-based seafood. We'll see. Yeah, I thought you did a great job uh, with the demo. And, and I kept thinking, wow, you can like talk and cook and prep at the same time where I, I tend to get distracted or I have to pause for a minute, like, wait a minute. So was that uh, demo done in your basement in that kitchen that you... Um, so that one actually was in Hawaii. <laughs> um, we, we had a family vacation scheduled for that time. And so the, that series of uh, shows on Chef AJ were from uh, authors that are cookbook authors that had contributed to the book, uh, Food is Climate. So yeah, that's a fantastic book about um the research into climate change and how the really the number one thing we can do to combat uh, climate change is to change how we eat. It's dramatic what the impact of uh, animal-based agriculture has on our environment. And so um, I'm included as a recipe author. And so I have three fantastic recipes included in that book by Glenn Merzer. And um, I think he's still running a program that if you get that book and you send him a message, you get a bonus package of like 50 more recipes as well. So there's more of my recipes there. Um, so because it was that series, uh, I the only times available for me was to do Chef AJ was when we were in Hawaii. So we ended up schlepping two extra bags uh, just full of electronic equipment and tripods. And I set up my portable kitchen studio in the kitchen in the condo that we were renting sight unseen <laughs> and uh, shop for ingredients there. I brought some things that I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get. And so I did that, that program live from Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. So that was an adventure for sure. Um, but what was nice is that um, because I had brought all that stuff, I was able to do some one-on-one -on -one cooking classes with clients that I had ongoing during that time. And so they got to reap the advantage that I brought all of my stuff. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Yeah. So this next class will be in my basement in my cooking my studio for sure. All right. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. I thought you did such a wonderful job uh, in terms of, I mean, your internet connection was 
excellent. You wouldn't have noticed. Um, I mean, because you just never know where you're staying, yes. um, how that'll work. And then, of course, the kitchen fully functional and easy. And you know how you tend to have your particular items in the kitchen that you enjoy having. And then when you travel, it's a whole different experience. Yeah, I have a big travel kit that I take when we travel. I have this big spice bag that I put all of the spices that I like to use, nutritional yeast and black salt, things that I know I'm not going to find anywhere we always have a place that with a kitchen, it's just imperative for us. Uh, I, I just don't do well if I have to eat out. Um, and then I bring knives. I have to check bags. I have a set of knives that are, they're awesome. They're color coded. They're from Cuisinart. They were a gift from my, uh, my husband's daughter. Um, and they are, they have these nice, um, shields on them. So they pack great. And then because they're brightly colored, I can tell when it's time to leave, oh, there's my knives. I need to bring those home with me. You know, and I bring a, a vegetable peeler because they're usually horrible in places that you rent. And I bring a grater because they're awful when you, if they even have one. So, um, yeah, I was really fortunate. The place that we were staying had an instant pot and, uh, a Blintech, but I had brought a, a small magic bullet, um, blender just in case I needed. <laughs> it's always an adventure. Now, do you share these tips on social media or anywhere? I'd love to see how you travel. Oh, yeah. So I actually have a blog. So uh, I've been blogging since, oh, gosh, 13 years when I was starting to do triathlons. And so that transitioned very quickly into uh, eating plant-based because people were so curious when I would go to training events or I would go to races people would find out that I was plant-based and they're like, well, how on earth can you do triathlon training and be plant-based at the same time? So I started incorporated into the blog. So now this is 100% whole food plant-based blog with some, you know, lots of lifestyle medicine information in there. So there's about exercise and triathlon, but yeah, I have information in there on how I travel. I have a resources page on my blog uh, are on my website where you can purchase the things that I use when I travel, like these knives that are so great and the peeler that I love. And yeah, so people can find out all that information on how I like to travel. I did have Glenn Mercer on the show. And so, and I have his book, so I'm going to look for your recipes there too. So yes, I didn't know that you had contributed. I am so very excited about that. You know, in your bio, you mentioned that, you know, the environment is important for you as well. And, and being that we're depleting and, and really damaging our oceans, we're depleting them from all the good um, sea creatures that need to stay there. So you have given us an option, um, a better, healthier option um, to still enjoy the flavors and the textures, but we're not harming anyone or the environment. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this has been fun, Cindy. Yes. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I love being here. And thank you for inviting me and letting me share my amazing story. Thank you. You've been listening to the Healthy Lifestyle Solutions Podcast with your host, Maya Acosta. If you've enjoyed this podcast, do us a favor and share with one friend who can benefit from this episode. Feel free to leave us an honest review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us to spread our message. Thanks for listening.